0: Welcome to another edition of the Hornets Podcast, your daily podcast with all the notes, quotes, and daily buzz around your favorite NBA team, the Charlotte Hornets. I'm Sam Farber, and it is a pleasure and a privilege to have you with us once again on the HHC. It is a game day edition. Hornets are visiting the Miami Heat, who are mired in quite the slump right now. Hornets are going to try and extend their slump and extend their own streak in the process with a W tonight. We're going to be breaking down the matchup, also going to be talking talking about the historic nature of these last two wins for the Hornets. I don't think I can overstate how big of wins these were over two upper level playoff opponents in the Eastern Conference, Indiana and Milwaukee on back-to-back nights no less. So we'll be talking about that. Also as part of the Hornets Black History Month activations presented by Blue Cross and Blue Shield of North Carolina. We're going to be highlighting individuals throughout the month who impact our community here in Buzz City, and we'll have our first such interview today on the Hornets Hivecast. First up, though, I want to welcome back to the HHC, our studio host and producer on the Hornets radio network, Rob Longo, for his second all-time appearance on the Hornets Hivecast. The first one came after the victory over the Milwaukee Bucks, so he's trying to ride a, a hot streak of his own right now. He could go to two and zero. If the Hornets are able to win tonight, how are you feeling about it, Rob? I,
1: I was going to say, two straight days in a row. I must have not screwed up too bad the day before, but, you know, let's, let's let it ride, baby. Let you, it ride. You, you,
0: you were there as part of a victory over Giannis Antetokounmpo and the Milwaukee Bucks, so we're going to keep you around for another edition. It was a huge win, 126-114, to 114, biggest offensive effort of the season most threes made. Also continue to streak. I mentioned this with James Borrego, the head coach of the Hornets, on the pregame show, I forgot to bring it up on yesterday's podcast, but the Hornets, the last time they had beaten the Bucks, it was night two of a back-to-back, and the second game was played at Spectrum Center. That's key, because they had played them a couple of times on the back end of a back-to-back, but it was up in Milwaukee. But when they do it at Spectrum Center, they win just about every time.
1: But you've got to go one step further.
0: Oh, that's right. I also went deeper down the rabbit hole and I looked up where the moon cycle was, and it was within two to three days of a full moon on the back end of it. So that's the other part of it. It has to be two to three days on the back end of a full moon. Anyways, clearly I need my wife and children to join (laughs) me here in the Queen City sooner rather than later. But this was a big win for the Hornets, claiming a victory over Milwaukee no small task to do it on the back end of a win over Indiana though got us thinking about you know just how historic is this victory how far back do you have to go to find a win that really stacks up with that one and from what i could tell i mean really the closest comparison would have been the 2016 playoffs when they took 3 in a row from Miami eventually fell in on that one in 7 games but you know that was a great win streak over clearly a playoff team because it was in the playoffs. But if you're looking at the regular season, the closest comparison I could find was March of 2019. So this is two seasons ago. In that one, for a two-game stretch, they won at Toronto, who won the championship that year with Kawhi Leonard, and then also won versus San Antonio, who was always a playoff team, but that year included. They were 48 and 34. So to me, you know, we got to go back a couple years to find a back-to-back against two bona fide, no doubt about it, playoff teams that the Hornets could claim both those wins. And that year was, you know, not a bad one. The Hornets were in ninth place. They were just on the cusp of the postseason, ended up missing it by two games behind Detroit. But they were right there knocking on the door.
1: Something else I didn't mention on the podcast yesterday was that was the sixth back-to-back already for the Hornets so far this season. That's the most out of any other team in the association. So to do it again and do it against these two teams... It's just really impressive. And another thing that I didn't bring up on the podcast yesterday. We forgot a lot
0: on the podcast yesterday. I've got so
1: many things flying around in my head. I mean, granted, I've only been here like a week and a half. So that's going to be my excuse. I don't know what your excuse is going to be. I've only been here a month and a half. Uh, okay, whatever. So anyways, the other part of it, too, is how good are your legs on the second half of a back-to-back? And maybe that's where the youth comes into play here. I mean, a lot of times being a young team has a lot of disadvantages. This might be one of those instances where it is an advantage. I mean, you got Lomelo Ball. He's only 19 years old. He, he played 30 minutes the other night against Indiana. He played 31 on Saturday against the Bucks, and he's just keep going out there. He's he's one of those spring chickens.
0: Yeah, Lamelo Ball, actually, I think there was a quote he had talking to Ashley Shamedy and the crew on Fox Sports Southeast, uh, you know, basically saying just that, like, I'm 19, I'm young, I'm good to go, and young players today there's some evidence that there's an, an issue with this long term of the volume of games they play on a daily basis you know the days building up to how many games they play in a week in a month in a year but you know that's not what the point i'm trying to get to here my point is because young players are accustomed to playing in these tournaments all the time there probably isn't that much of an effect on a lamello ball even though the nba level is a entirely different one from what he's been accustomed to even playing professionally overseas
1: he hasn't played in, in such a long time and it all goes back to the old how do you work out in the offseason what's your regimen do you kind of take it easy maybe if you're a veteran you take it a little bit easier if you're a younger guy trying to develop your talent maybe you're gonna do a little bit more and i'm sure you know with lamella's family he didn't have any shortage of trying to get some work in
0: yeah, there's always someone to play. Benefit of having two older brothers. Uh, the Hornets 9 and 11 right now. They're they're basically somewhere in that play-in game area. Meaning, you know, even if you're in the seventh or eighth position, you're still technically in the play in game area. The sixth spot is where you need to get to to put your head above water, so to speak, and guarantee yourself a postseason bid, although anyone who's been to Dayton in the March Madness play in game would admit that that that's the tournament. You're in the tournament, I think Hornets fans would count the play in games as well. But all that being said, you know, I think again pointing back to the previous time you could see such prominent back-to-back wins, says something. Because beating a playoff team, look, we see it all the time. Like Teams like Detroit this season, for instance, have knocked off teams like Philadelphia this year. So it's not a shock if a team on the lower end of the scale beats a team up at the top. But when you do it on multiple nights back-to-back, that is something entirely different.
1: In the East as a whole, is just kind of a logjam right now. I mean, if you want to call that 7-10 through 10 spot maybe playoff purgatory or something like that you're just kind of in between five games separate charlotte from philly and and from the one spot down to the eight spot and then from there there's it's a one game difference from being out of that playoff picture in the 11 spot with Chicago. so there's just so much going on and we're even with a condensed season we're still so early on here before we can really get any some sort of separation
0: yeah bottom line 20 games in you want to celebrate these hopefully season defining moments Uh, but certainly keep the eye on the horizon as the Hornets have a lot to look forward to. Hopefully those thoughts will continue tonight as they'll get set to take on the Miami Heat. We'll be breaking that one down for you in a moment. But coming up next, again, as part of the Hornets Black History Month activations presented by Blue Cross and Blue Shield of North Carolina, we're highlighting individuals who are having an impact on our community here in Buzz City, and one is coming up for you next here on the Hornets Hivecast. But before we get to that, want to encourage you all to be a part of the fun inside Spectrum Center for next season. Sadly, we're unable to have fans in the stands at present time, but the buzz is already building for the 2021-2022 season. And season ticket packages are available, and you can guarantee your price right now. For more information, call 704-HORNETS or visit Hornets.com to live chat with a season ticket representative. Welcome back to the Hornets Hivecast. Today is February 1st, the start of Black History Month. And as a part of the Hornets Black History Month activations presented by Blue Cross and Blue Shield of North Carolina, we are highlighting individuals who are having an impact on our community here in Buzz City. Today, we shine the spotlight on Artie Swinton, a probation officer and founder of Former Inmates Teaching Today's Students, a program that is designed to give Former inmates an opportunity to share their stories with students and how one decision can make or break their future. Artie, thanks so much for all of your work and thanks for joining us here on the Hornets Hivecast.
2: Oh, thank you for having me. I appreciate the, the invite I'm, and I'm, I'm happy to assist any way I can. Thank you.
0: Assisting is something that you've done your entire career. If you were only a probation officer, that would have been an outstanding service to the people you work with and the people that you protect through your work, but you took on this endeavor on top of it. Tell us a little bit about how it started and what the impact has been on you and the community.
2: Wow. So former inmates teaching today's students started in 2015. It was actually, I guess I was trying to solve a problem. Uh, One of our uh, federal uh, judges, district court judges, Judge Frank Whitney, he ordered an individual that was on my case, though, to basically go and talk to at-risk youth about drugs and gangs and so forth. And I knew in the back of my mind that I was like, listen, you, you're not going to be able to go to a, go into a school and say, Hey, listen, the judge told me to come talk to some students. So I said, let me try to set it up for you. And so, um, that's exactly what we did. We, uh, we partnered with Warlock uh, Warlick Academy down there in Gaston County. And, um, It was very successful we had a number of students that participated and we had about i want to say maybe three or four speakers that day for our very first time and that's just how it started it was very enlightening i learned a lot of things during that first session and we just kept rolling so yeah started in 2015 and here we are today i would
0: think the judge probably had in mind this will be something positive for the students or the the people that the former inmate is speaking to but from your angle you're doing it at least originally it sounds like for the inmate himself what has been the impact on those former inmates and helping keep them on the right path
2: i think it allows them to be human again and to share their insights and i'll tell you a quick story we had a uh, we had one guy who was speaking at a session that we had he was going through some challenges with his uh, daughter who was 15 at the time and um a lot of different things came a lot of a lot of problems and concerns came to him you know he'd been away for maybe 10 to 12 years and uh, he didn't know how he was going to come back into her life and and become a father again and so he was struggling with that you know and so that's that's some of the things as a probation officer that some of the challenges that we have to face and have, that we have to deal with you know but as he was re-entering into society he was struggling with those issues and his daughters really didn't know how to respond and whatnot and so he told his story at a speaking session, and it was it was very ironic, I would say, that we had another young lady, a young lady, she was about 15 years old, and she was kind of going through the same challenges herself. Her father was coming home from prison, and she didn't know how to respond or what that new life would look like for her, and so at the end of the speaking session, she went up to the speaker and said, hey, listen, basically just give her some time. She just uttered those words, and he said that he felt so much relief because there was no other way he was going to get that perspective you know i couldn't give it to him only someone his daughter's age going through some a similar situation would have been able to do that so yeah it, 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 it's one of those moments where you realize you're doing something way bigger than what you originally anticipated and so that's the beauty of it all in my opinion
0: speaking with arty swinton today he's the founder of former inmates teaching today's students and a probation officer here in our queen city community Artie, I think many people might think to themselves that this is certainly not a new problem. I remember watching shows like Scared Straight. Sometimes we can make an assumption that because we think we've heard or seen a solution to a problem, that means it's solved for everybody. But I'm sure you have many, many cases where that's simply not the case, and it's just continuing to do the outreach, do the hard work to make sure that the message reaches all corners of our community.
2: Absolutely. Absolutely. It's um it's 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 consistency and also being able to evolve everybody's situations, different times are changing. And for me, one of the biggest things that I, I love about this program and that what we're doing is that it's one of the few programs that incorporates everybody. So you have me, I'm I work in law enforcement, I was a former police officer in North and South Carolina, now a federal probation officer. You also have the person that's formerly incarcerated that's getting out of prison that has their perspective and you also have the community you have children who are involved and so it's one of the few organizations the few opportunities that we get everyone at the table and it's even better when we can partner with organizations like the hornets and in the community to, to to bring light to to all the situations to bring everybody together so i love it it's beautiful
0: and this is not the first time that you've been a part of the Hornets. I admit I'm I'm stealing you away from some other people within the organization who have worked with you in previous years and right up to today. What are some things that we as an organization and our community in general can do to assist your work and hopefully make it so that one day, hopefully in the not too distant future, it's less necessary than it is at this point in time?
2: I'll reach out, support, donate, if you want us to come out and speak to your children or your group that you have, just 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 you know, shoot me an email, give me a call. Image for change at gmail dot com. Uh, you can call me seven zero four six six one six four three five. I have no problems with it. We just want to help. We want to reach reach out to everyone that we can. Charlotte is definitely in need, and so uh, we want to be we want to be the answers. You know, we have everybody on board. We have the. The community, the NBA, we partnered with the the Panthers. The Sheriff McFadden has been gracious a lot, enough to allow us to come into the juvenile detention facility. So we have the trust and support of everyone in the community. So I would just challenge everybody to, to support us, donate, uh, reach out, call, whatever it is. If we can be of assistance, then, then let us know. We'll be there.
0: If you want to check out the nonprofit online, go to www.inmatesforchange.com. Artie Swinton, thanks so much for joining us today here on the Hornets Hivecast and for all the work you do here in Buzz City.
2: Thank you. Thank you for having me.
0: Washington to Hayward the corner. Catch and shoot three on the way. It's good. Gordon Hayward drilling another lows. three-point shot. 18 points for Hayward. His fourth three of the game. Gordon Hayward, a 27-point performance last time out in the victory over... The Milwaukee Bucks. Hornets hoping to keep that momentum going into tonight's game against the Miami Heat. Rob Longo back with me here on the Hornets Hivecast. And Rob, the last signature win for the Hornets of the previous season came in the final game they ended up playing. It was against Miami on the road, just like the Hornets are about to play tonight. Uh, Miami was most definitely a playoff team, obviously. They made it all the way to the championship. But the Hornets won that one 109-98, and they did it without Gordon Hayward because clearly he wasn't on the team. But guys like Devontae Graham had a big game, 30 points. He made eight threes in that one. P.J. Washington was solid. Bridges, solid. Zeller, solid. I think this is going to be a point where we can kind of look at this team and see how much have they actually grown because – Realistically, the team that beat Miami last year is still in the Queen City. It just has been added to with a huge influx of talent in LaMelo Ball and Gordon Hayward. So now we get to see, you know, was it a flash in the pan moment from a season ago with a young team that was scrappy and playing well down the stretch and maybe caught Miami on the right night? Or is that for real And now you've added in an all-star and an all-world talent in LaMelo Ball, and maybe something special could be on the horizon and not too far off in the distance either.
1: Yeah, it's funny because you kind of get both ends of the spectrum. I mean, you get the veteran guy in Gordon Hayward coming in on a max deal, and then you got the rookie LaMelo who hasn't really had a whole season of formal professional basketball. I mean, he did play a lot in Australia, but... Again, the Australian League is just kind of... It's comparing apples and oranges to the association, and that's just how it's always and forever going to be. But at the other end, you know, as much as you want to look at this from Charlotte's perspective and see, yeah, we got all these guys now. Let's see what we can actually do. Miami's really banged up right now. I mean, they just got Jimmy Butler back on Saturday. He had 30 points, 7 rebounds, 8 assists. He did great, but then you got other guys out for the heat like you got gordon dragic that's out avery bat bradley's out. tyler hero played on saturday but was still pretty effective he ended up playing i think about 40 minutes and then you got mo harkless who's out i mean i've kind of feel bad for you and your prep because you're going to be looking for the fourth and fifth guys off the bench they might go you know 9 10 11 12 deep if they have to And one thing to
0: throw in, because I don't want to gloss over, I don't want any of the Miami Heat fans tuned into the Hornet Tivecast to uh, come after me and say, hey, wait a minute, you know about that game last season, yes, Miami was banged up for that one too. Jimmy Butler did not play in that game. Uh, Goran Dragic went one for nine from the field and only scored three points and had five turnovers in it. So, yes, granted, you know, Bam Adebayo had a double-double in that one. It's not like they were completely without players, but uh, Charlotte was not playing the— same team that ended up the going Miami all the way Heat to the finals, the finals in the bubble. So that that's all true. And you're right. The Heat are a little bit banged up right now, but not enough to keep them from getting a win over Sacramento the other night. And it's still a Miami team that's got Jimmy Butler, who last season proved himself to be not just an all-star, but one of the elite players. The way he put that team on his back was extremely impressive. And it's going to be interesting to see how the Hornets handle him. You know, a night after playing Giannis Antetokounmpo and trying to limit the Greek freak to only a near (laughs) triple-double, Uh, Jimmy Butler is a different cat. I, th- I said it yesterday on the podcast. Giannis Antetokounmpo, you're trying to maybe force him to the free-throw line or the three-point line as a way to keep him from doing everything he can to dominate you. And Jimmy Butler is kind of the opposite. He wants to go to the free-throw line. Uh, for him, you know, getting into contact, that's how he goes from being a 18- to 20-point guy to being a 30-point scorer.
1: It's kind of night and day a little bit in that aspect, too. I think, though, that Jimmy is a little bit of a better matchup against the Hornets than Giannis was. And the other thing to keep in mind, too, is the Hornets did a really good job Saturday of kind of running Milwaukee off the three-point line a little bit when they needed to. I mean, like you mentioned, you wanted Giannis to take those threes. He was 0-4 beyond the arc, but they ended up taking 45 three-pointers, Milwaukee did on Saturday, and they went 18-45. So they made him chuck up a lot of shots from beyond the arc, and You know, obviously you're going to make some more times than you miss, but it shows that, you know, you can kind of have a little bit of versatility there in that aspect. And you looked at that game on Saturday and you look at the way that the Heat have played the past couple games, you're thinking, oh, man, the Heat are down two straight losses against the Nets. They put up 124 back on the 23rd and still lost against Brooklyn. Brooklyn at this point with, with the cast of characters they have there. Oh, no, they lost to the Nuggets. Well, oh, they lost to the Clippers. The Clippers still have Kawhi. And then, you you know, oh, a 105-104 win. They barely had to squeak one out against the Kings. Sacramento's healthy again. Sacramento's here. healthy, and Darren Fox is good. Let's rewind a little and pump the brakes a little bit here. You have Jimmy Butler, who just came off a 10-game with fantastic protocols and ankle injury he hasn't played in 10 games and he drops 30 points he made 10 straight free throws at one point he was at the foul line and this has been blown up on twitter a little bit he goes to the foul line, he looks at the bench and yells 10 and then sinks the 10th foul shot and that's just the kind of guy that jimmy butler is oh and by the way he picked up ten thousand career points in that game on saturday against the kings too wow. so he's just you know got to put things into perspective you got to learn the backstory a little bit to realize what you're dealing with here tonight against the heat
0: and i think from miami's perspective i think you're you're right to highlight all of the losses and who they came against i mean detroit's really the one outlier there where you scratch your head and go wait a minute i'm not sure about that one but back to back against toronto splinting with them no shame in that that i think most people think will be a playoff team by the season's end dropping back to back against brooklyn no issues there denver good team clippers Really good team. Philadelphia, really good team. You dropped. So, you know, if you're going to be a playoff team, it's important to hold your own against other playoff teams. And Miami probably a little frustrated that they haven't done it. From the Heat perspective, if you're going to be a playoff team, you have to beat teams that are not playoff teams. That is really how you start to separate yourself. You rack up wins. And from the Heat's perspective, they probably look in the division, look at the Hornets and say, all right, nice couple of wins. But we're a playoff team, and we're going to come in and do what we're supposed to. That's the mindset they've got to bring into this one. So for the Hornets to slow them down, one player I look at is Bam Adebayo. I think as great as Jimmy Butler is, Bam Adebayo can be a tough matchup. He's a very skilled center. He scores a lot of points. He gets a lot of rebounds. He's a different kind of center. From Robin Lopez, what we just saw, honestly, a little bit more Giannis Antetokounmpo Mm -hmm. than Robin Lopez in this one, but the Hornets have played well on the interior. We started this segment on Gordon Hayward. Let's end it on Gordon Hayward. Your thoughts on what you want to see from Gordon in this one, because we've seen kind of two different Gordons in the two wins. In the Indiana game, he was taken away and was more than happy to pass to his teammates and had great shooting days all over the place to help boost their chances for a win. And then the other night against Milwaukee, he goes out there and gets his points. You know, he had the one-on-one matchups, and he was the dominant all-star caliber Gordon Hayward we've grown accustomed to seeing. What do you expect to see tonight in terms of how Miami defends him and how the Hornets
1: react? It's going to be tough because Eric Spolsher, I mean, you've got to keep in mind when he started, he was a video coordinator. He's used to watching all that film and seeing – What's going on? And he finally able to have an off day. I'm sure he's going to prep pretty hard to see, you know, how do we stop Hayward? How are we going to stop LaMelo Ball coming off the bench too? Because the past two nights that the Hornets have picked up wins, the common factor has been LaMelo coming off the bench and playing sizable minutes and being effective. So it comes down to, I think for Gordon, it's going to be more on the defensive side of things because he's probably going to get matched up with Jimmy Butler. That's just probably how it's going to shake out. And Jimmy's just such so tough to defend. I mean, he, he can drive, he can shoot his three, he can create his own shot. So I think it's going to be focused more on the defensive end. And I think if Gordon can take care of things on the defensive end, then they can kind of get out in transition, run a little bit, just like what Coach Borrego likes to do, and kind of go from there. And we saw a little bit of that fast break opportunities Saturday against Milwaukee. And there were a lot of times where it seemed like Gordon just kind of flipped a switch in his head and said, I got numbers, I'm going to take off, let's see what happens.
0: Should be a fun one tonight. Hornets taking on the Miami Heat. Tip time is 7.30. Make sure you're tuned in for the pregame show on WFNZ starting at 6.30. And then we'll have the call for you at 7.30 across the Hornets radio network. Our thanks again to Artie Swinton for all the fine work he does as the founder of Former Inmates Teaching Today's Students. And a reminder, we will have these conversations all throughout Black History Month, honoring all of the hard work done in our fantastic Queen City community. Happy and delighted to highlight these individuals. Also, a reminder to tune into tomorrow's podcast. We'll have Diana Biffle from the social media team with the Hornets. going to start talking about all-star voting because you can vote quite a few different ways, but social media is one of them. Want to see how the Hornets Fan base has been supporting Gordon Hayward's candidacy because he certainly is playing like an all star so far. And I'm not going to get on my soapbox and complain about NBA.com articles for the moment, but
1: Are you maybe sure? later.
0: Maybe later. That's going to do it for another edition of the Hornets Hivecast. Thank you again for tuning in, and we invite you once more to tune in tonight when the Hornets take on the Miami Heat. For Rob Longo and everyone here with the club, I'm Sam Farber saying it's been a pleasure and a privilege having you along, and thanks for tuning in to the Hornets Hivecast.